naturally occurring psychoactive compound, psilocybin, is found in over 200 species of mushrooms. Despite their millennia of use by humans for mental and spiritual well-being, they have been classified falsely among the most dangerous and illegal of substances. Locked away from those who need them most. The Psilocybin Chronicles documents the individuals who courageously consume, collect, or cultivate these mushrooms to improve the quality of their lives. Won't you join us as we welcome the return of psilocybin? Welcome to the Psilocybin Chronicles. I am your host, Eric Osborne. This podcast is intended for education and harm reduction purposes only. The Psilocybin Chronicles, nor Myco Meditations, or myself condone any illegal activity. Rihanna Andrews is the communications coordinator for Shane Moss and his new tour, Stand Up Science. She currently lives in Colorado, where she grows cannabis for a wellness-based dispensary and has been doing psychedelics fairly regularly for the past three years to help with her depression. Won't you join me in welcoming Rihanna to the Psilocybin Chronicles? So, Rihanna, welcome yes, back you. to the Psilocybin <laughs> Chronicles. Uh, listeners, uh, Just uh, I'm such a fallible human being. Uh, we got through a, just an amazing conversation earlier, and I didn't record. So, I love putting my weaknesses, my my whatever's, my mistakes on display. Yep. Because uh, there ain't no guru shit here. <laughs> <laughs> We're all human. <laughs> Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. So I will forgive myself, and I hope you will forgive me as well. Of course. Well, Rihanna, remind me who that wonderful individual that you would have consumed psilocybin with might be. Sure. So if I could consume psilocybin with anyone who's lived, I would consume it with Ramdas. Yes. Mm-hmm. He's been a great spiritual teacher in my life. I feel like I've sort of been following his path ever so slightly of discovering psychedelics and then wanting to know how to incorporate that feeling or that space into my everyday life. So uh, after taking psychedelics and starting to research, I ran into spirituality and Buddhism and yoga and meditation and therapy and all these like self-care, self-help things to improve my life, to mm-hmm. try to keep me on that same level as psilocybin. And Ramdas has been a huge part of that, just his lectures and his readings and his books. I have his book Be Here Now on my mm. coffee table all the time. Just pick it up and thumb through it. Whatever. What wisdom do you have for me today? So I've never I, heard him say anything bad. You know? Exactly, exactly. So yeah. I think that being able to sit down and trip with him would be absolutely amazing. Oh yeah. Yeah. That whole God and drag thing. Yes. Like I think oh. so many times tripping, I'm like that was on point. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> One of those beautiful nuggets that'll stay with me forever. Yeah, yeah. What about his retreats? Is he still doing those yeah, retreats? Yeah, he's still doing the retreats in Maui. Uh-huh. Um, I'm not sure how much, how many more he has on schedule right now because I know that he suffered that really bad stroke. Yeah. But yeah. he said that, one of the most amazing things is he said that that stroke actually made him a better person because it mm. took him even further out of his body. Mm. He had to live more in his mind and realize wow. that his body was just a machine. 
Wow. Yeah. yeah. What a, a living teacher. Uh, does Duncan still do those retreats down there? Every once in a while, yeah. I mean, he's gone to the last couple, and I love Duncan, too. I'm going to mm-hmm. get down to one of those retreats and trip with yeah, them both. <laughs> I want Duncan down here. Yes. Man, can you imagine having that would be... So, Duncan. Yeah, get down be here, here, Duncan. Now, or later. <laughs> be in Jamaica now. <laughs> well, you know, we call them to mind, and it is a, a beautiful thing to take those individuals uh, and the, the spirit that they carry into our session. You know, I mean, when I met Duncan, I was like, oh, this dude, he really is like one of, he's like one of us, or, you know, you know, when you meet people and you're like, ah, like, like yourself, like Shane, which, it's you know why we all keep connecting we're like ah right. there's another me hey exactly exactly <laughs> and duncan is the reason i'm here right now hmm. because i started um cultivating cannabis and i would listen to podcasts <laughs> while i was doing that yeah. and i i started listening to duncan which is how i heard about shane and started working for shane which is why i'm here in jamaica right now so oh, it's all wow. one big well yeah interesting mm-hmm. yeah yeah the connections man the mycelium right right we're all communicating <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Well, tell us about the first time the mycelium called out to you, Rihanna. Oh, sure. So the first time I did mushrooms, I was camping, which is a beautiful place for your first mushroom trip. Mm-hmm. I always recommend being outdoors. Um, but I had no idea what it was. A friend of mine just offered it to me. Um, he had brought little mushroom chocolates mm-hmm. uh, to this camping trip and uh, asked me if I wanted to do it. I had done MDMA before and obviously grew and smoked cannabis but um this was like nothing i had ever experienced mm-hmm. i was totally blown away i had no wait, warning wait, no wait 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 please okay you forgot a very important part of the story <laughs> that i put the chocolates in s'mores <laughs> <laughs> psilocybin s'mores psilocybin i've never heard s'mores. of it i mean well he made mushroom chocolates i don't know the process <laughs> behind that but i was like well it's in a chocolate and we're already camping yeah. and it tastes kind of like mushrooms so I'm going to bury it in marshmallows and graham crackers and try to choke it down. I highly recommend a psilocybin s'more. I'm going to I'm gonna probably try one. You should mark point. it. You should mark Man, it. Well, psilocybin I mean, s'mores. We're having that bonfire tonight. Could, yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> Didn't want the, the audience to miss that because yeah. that is, you know, valuable information for mm-hmm. somebody. Pro tip. Put your mushrooms in Pro s'mores. <laughs> <laughs> How did that night unfold after you ate your s'more? Um, well, for me, I think it was just getting my sea legs. That first Mm -hmm. trip is just discovering what's Mm -hmm. happening. And Mm -hmm. so there was a lot of walking amongst the trees. And like uh, Shane's joke is no joke. You forgot how cool Mm -hmm. trees were. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And really, I didn't say much. It was a very internal trip, even though I was visualizing a lot because I think that I was, my brain was trying to explain Mm -hmm. what was going on because I had no warning. Nobody told me that this is what I was going to be even hallucinating or experiencing. That's a funny thing though. You hear people talk about like when they're first, like even Rex here was talking about in his first trip, how like the mushrooms or like he used his brain basically is telling like, okay, you're okay. This is what's happening and we're going to do this. You try to justify it or like, um, put it into your box because it like explodes <laughs> your box open and then you're like no trying to put it back in there with explanation and it doesn't work until no. later until the integration but during tripping it's I think it's best to just let it unfold yeah, yeah. Um, and then I remember at the very end we were all sitting around the campfire and the sun was going down and I just looked over and I started crying because it was the most beautiful thing I'd ever seen or felt. Mm. I just felt connected to everything in touch with the earth 
in touch with myself. Mm. And apart from that, the sunset looked like a Monet painting. Mm. And so I just, I started crying and I turned to my friends and I was like, I'm so sorry. And they were all smiling so big and they were like, nope, now you get it. (laughs) (laughs) So I, it was wonderful and I wouldn't trade it for the world. I was lucky enough to be in a safe space with good people Mm -hmm. in a beautiful Mm -hmm. setting. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's really all you need, Mm -hmm. you know? So as as you continued working with psilocybin, has that, has it changed? What's your relationship with psilocybin looking like since that first encounter? Sure. So my relationship with psilocybin, it's been a little more scarce. This is the first time I've uh, done mushrooms in a couple of months now, Mm -hmm. or actually Mm -hmm. probably even a year. I was, uh, acid was more readily available to Mm -hmm. me. So I was more, um, I did that more. Mm -hmm. But uh, with the psilocybin, I think that my relationship with it, how it's played out throughout my life is that it started really as like a party drug for me. It started as something fun. Mm -hmm. Um, My friends would bring it over. We would do it. We'd usually be outside or go camping or just try to be around nature because that's where you want to be usually when you're uh, tripping. And uh, through that, I think that I didn't ask for the therapy, but the mushrooms gave me the therapy anyway. (laughs) They just either like shoved it right in my face sometimes or it was like subtly brought in. Mm -hmm. And through through psilocybin and psychedelics, I suffered from really horrible depression for probably over a decade. I think I still do on and off, but Mm -hmm. it's much better now. Um, And through psilocybin, I was like, I want to feel this good all the time. I know now that I've tapped into this source Mm. and I can feel this way and this Mm. energy is out there. So how do I tap into it Mm -hmm. without eating mushrooms every day? Mm -hmm. And so, um, and I thought about that too, microdosing mushrooms every day. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But um, really what it led me to was um, spirituality and then to Buddhism and to yoga and meditation and witchcraft and all the things I incorporate into my daily life now. Mm -hmm. So, Even though I was just using psilocybin as a form of fun, it still snuck right in there and was like, nope, you have so (laughs) much learning to do and so much bettering of yourself in the world and the people around Mm -hmm. you. And this is kind of where I'm at now. I'm on this mission to better myself and the people around me Mm -hmm. and just kind of spread the love. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Mushrooms have a way of like, they kind of have a way of winning us over, you know. Right, like, right. Oh, it's so sweet and <laughs> playful and fun, and there's like all pretty. Oh, here comes the ship in front. And it's mm-hmm. like, oh, here come the aliens with their scalpels. And it's like we're gonna cut out this shit that's inside of you. And you're like, what the fuck? And like, well, not really all like that, but yeah, we need to make some changes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah. Well, so well, tell us about some of the. Um, more interesting trips, can you? I'd like to hear some of your sure, trip yeah, stories. Sure, yeah, definitely. God, I've had so many. Uh, I have had, I've done psychedelics over a hundred times, and so they tend to usually bleed together a mm-hmm. little bit. So some of the more interesting trips that I've had, I, uh, I experienced myself in multiple universes. Mm-hmm. So I was, this was probably on five grams of mushrooms, uh, and I was sitting by a lake and by myself and all of a sudden I could see myself and I was talking to myself, giving myself advice. Mm-hmm. And then I shot through this like tunnel of light and was talking to another version of myself and giving myself advice. Mm-hmm. And that kept happening over and over and over again. Wow. And I felt really like stuck, mm-hmm. like, cause it was this 
like this motion of like shooting and speaking and shooting and speaking and I couldn't really stop it or control it. You just Mm -hmm. have to like let it happen. And so I felt kind of trapped in this like whirlwind. Mm -hmm. And I know we're on a podcast right now, so the listeners won't be able to see me. But my friend looked at me and said that all I was doing was like passing out and then waking back up Mm -hmm. and then passing Mm -hmm. out and then waking back up. And Mm -hmm. he was like, it was the weirdest thing. But I was communicating to myself and like extracting all these little bits of information and pieces Mm -hmm. from these different universes to like take Mm -hmm. back into my universe Mm -hmm. and hold on to and use to maybe even try to achieve those spaces in those other universes. Yeah, so so now I know know, know this is kind of on the spot kind of questioning, but you really got me interested. Um, After that experience that can be very rattling, Mm -hmm. uh, what does the integration process for you look like how are you yeah understanding that sure so i like i said i didn't have a lot of integration i tripped with my friends i tripped usually for fun there wasn't really anyone around me that had enough experience to mm-hmm. help me to talk through or try to explain right i even told my mother about it and all i got was I just scared my mom. Yeah. I just feel bad because yeah. I just scared her because yeah. <laughs> I didn't know how to explain it and she had no idea. Um, so integration for me was really hard. Mm-hmm. It looked like a lot of depression and a lot of crying and a lot of emotion erupting mm-hmm. for probably a year or two before I really, that's what brought me to the spirituality and the Buddhism mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. was like, okay, I need to figure this out. I don't have anyone around me that's really like helping me dissect this but i know that i need to dissect it so it was a lot of reading a lot of trying to understand myself a lot of meditation um self-care so my integration sadly was really put on my own shoulders Mm -hmm. and really i kind of had to dig myself out of the hole that i put myself in by probably doing them irresponsibly well and that's what the situation that we find ourselves in because people are going to want access to these medicines experiences um, and by not having a, a safe legal access, right. then there's, there's, right. Then you, you get kids doing, um, outside doing way too much, mm-hmm. ending up mm-hmm. in hospitals because they don't know what's going on. Mm-hmm. And that just pushes legalization even further away. Right. Whereas if we just had the resources and the people around to explain or ther- um, licensed therapists to say, Hey, what you're experiencing is normal. Right. And if you're experiencing something scary, Go towards it. Go ask it why it's here mm-hmm. and what it's doing. Mm-hmm. And it's those little tidbits that I had to learn over time right. where I think that you've created something here where someone's there to tell you it's okay to cry. Someone's mm-hmm. there to tell you it's okay if the entire universe just exploded before your very eyes and you now know that you're made of stars. Mm-hmm. Like that's something you don't normally experience, but it's great to have someone mm-hmm. there to hold your hand and say, yep, I've experienced this too. Yeah. It's reality. It's real. It's happening. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Go with it. It's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, wow. So what have you, like that single experience, have you made anything of that, like telling yourself something in different dimensions? Does that continue to work in your life? Yeah, definitely. Um, I think I it comes up a lot, actually, mm-hmm. where I it almost makes me feel safe mm-hmm. in a way. Mm-hmm. It makes me feel like there's there's other me's out there. And through mm-hmm. dissection, I've almost come to feel like I could have been talking to anyone because mm-hmm. I am he is, yeah, you are me is, right. you are, we are all together. Right, <laughs> so right. I'm like, that could have been anybody that I was talking to. But um, 
it just had my own similar face. But it makes me feel safer in that if this isn't the only reality, then it's not that serious, mm, right? Mm-hmm. It's that's it been can, a big lesson can, this week, right? It's yeah, not that serious. It just, can be fun. It, it can, can be, be light. It can be childlike. Mm-hmm. And uh, that I don't totally remember all the tidbits of advice that I got, but I know that they were positive. And going through that hard depression in my life, it was a lot of like, keep going, it gets better. Mm-hmm. Don't worry. Mm-hmm. Like you don't need to have it all figured out. You're, I was 25 at the time. So mm-hmm. it was a lot of just like, it's okay to not know where you are right now. Mm-hmm. If you don't know where you are right now, it's okay. In 10 years, you still won't know where you are, but you'll be somewhere better. You. What was that? This is what the medicine would tell yes. you? This? Yeah, this yeah. is what the advice was coming from the Rihanna entities that right. I was speaking with. Ah, okay, yeah. okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, beautiful. Yeah, how these single experiences can just last for the rest of our lives. Yeah, a lifetime. Impact, and we learn so much. So such a, such a valuable thing. And, you know, like what I appreciate that your story is really highlighting. I mean, you know, the integration is uh, so, so important to realizing a positive outcome sooner. Right. But the medicine is is also so trustworthy that it will eventually deliver you on its own. Oh yeah. You know, Um, and what the lesson that you're sharing of incorporating this, um, I guess you've used the word spiritual. Yeah. Uh, so spiritual, which, and you mentioned, you said earlier, you know, you were an atheist. Like, let's go back there and talk about that because it's so much uh, a part of this experience and so much of what we're seem to be missing out on in a culture as a culture is this mystical quality of life. And uh, so, yeah, share us how uh, mysticism has re-injured into your life through psilocybin and psychedelics. Yeah, it has helped me so, 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 so much. I, um, Really didn't feel like I understood the world when I was young, and I still don't. Let's be serious. Um, but I really felt a disconnect when I was younger, and just didn't understand why people went to church or wh- why you had to like the very strict. Okay, you're a kid. You go to school. You go to college. You get a job. You get a family. You get a house, mm-hmm. and then you're mm-hmm. hap quote unquote happy until you die. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just didn't understand any of it. That just doesn't seem like a point to me. Yeah. And I wanted that point so bad. Um, and so when I finally did psychedelics, I was an atheist for a really long time. And uh, like a hard one too, like a mean one, like a, like, <laughs> yeah, oh, you no. believe in God. Ugh, you are so dumb. <laughs> like that's totally who I was when I was in high school. And um, cause that's all I knew, you know, I was just like, that's not real what are you talking about and like just oh uh, when we're young we're always and i was very boisterous uh, yeah well you know you you, ha- you have a uh a, a commanding presence yes, thank you right yes so you brought that to the table i did all. i did in the wrong ways <laughs> so when i took psychedelics for the first time my openness just blew up and i was mm. like oh it is real i mm. had no idea i had mm. no idea i could see all the energy of the world and the magic around me and this feeling of like, I'm supposed to be here. Everyone is supposed to be here. Mm-hmm. It's what does Ram Dass say? It's all perfect. Mm-hmm. Don't you see it's all perfect. Mm-hmm. And so um, that truly has completely transformed my life. Uh, my depression was pretty bleak and I had no point and no, didn't know where I was going. And now 
I feel like I've tapped into something that I can, even without the psilocybin, tap into. Mm -hmm. I know that even though I'm staring at a tile floor right now, that even this tile floor has its own energy if I choose to pay attention to it. Mm -hmm. And the trees have their energy. And one of my favorite things about tripping is being able to see the air. Mm -hmm. Like I always get really excited when I can see the air that's around me. It's almost like a web that connects everything, Mm -hmm. almost like a invisible mycelium web. Uh And so that mysticism has changed my life. I have um, meditation, yoga, and ritualistic practices that I go through on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm starting to listen to like lectures and teachings from different spiritual teachers that kind of elevate my my happiness factor in my brain, I guess. Mm -hmm. So it's almost like it's given me a new life or a new light in my life mm. that I'm able to tap into and really mm. be like, yeah, I might be having a bad day today, but it's all perfect. Mm. Mm. I just want to use this opportunity to call um, Brianne to mind who has encountered that this week and it's been oh, really... That was so, incredible. Brianne, if you listen to this episode, uh, it's been wonderful watching your journey. Oh, it's been beautiful and we love you. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it's just so wonderful seeing like, I I can see it on your face. I can see in your eyes like this recalling the light that like this new world that was shown to you. And it's just like the way that it transforms people is it's so humbling to be in the presence of it so often. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, this retreat has been absolutely incredible i've never been a part of anything like this Mm. and being able to see not even well the people who are on their first experience their first psilocybin experience Mm -hmm. again that almost like i have no idea what to expect i'm very nervous and then seeing them trip for the first time Mm -hmm. is the most beautiful thing yeah And uh, we just did the second dose two days ago and I participated in that second dose. I took a Mm -hmm. gram to Mm -hmm. sort of connect with the group and I was blown away. I was blown away. I could feel everyone's energy and what they were doing and the hard work that they were doing inside. Mm -hmm. I felt materialized inside of Mm -hmm. me Mm -hmm. and I could feel the knots and things unwinding and pulling apart and Mm -hmm. kind of straightening out and... The energy was amazing and Bree's laugh just <sighs> took the whole trip to this positive, wonderful, <laughs> contagious experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, the energy, uh, the vibes. Yeah, good vibes. Uh, I mean, how do, how do we uh, really bring that? How do we integrate that into our lives without sounding like a flake, you know? Sure, sure. So I think that all we can do at this point is continue to talk about it. Uh, Continue to talk about tripping and psilocybin and these experiences that Mm -hmm. we're having because I think right now it all sounds woo-woo or like magical Mm -hmm. or hippie or whatever Mm -hmm. you want to say. Or we were talking about cliches, how you you take these little tidbits out of your trip and they all kind of sound like cliches. Mm -hmm. But one thing that I've learned is cliches are cliche for a reason Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. people have said them over and over and over again. So if people are having these same experiences, then they're probably true or real or (laughs) happening because people are saying them over and over and over again, but we've just lodged them in our brains. It's like, oh, what a cliche. But I think the only thing we can do is really keep talking about them because the longer we talk about them and the more people we get talking about them, the more eloquent we become and the more points of view Mm -hmm. we get, Mm -hmm. um, we'll start to develop a language Mm -hmm. for how to describe these things. Yeah, I I agree. And I think we are moving in that direction. Even 
energy, you know, for, for someone like myself who is so immediately resistant to what is on the surface level, woo woo, uh, the, the term energy is, it's a good transitional place for me because they're like, we know they're like energy is a right. It's a real thing. thing. <laughs> it's a thing. And it manifests and it looks like different things in different concentrate. And from that point, like when mushrooms, when my experiences on psilocybin were like, oh, it's all, it's all energy. It's like, Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. No, like, no, for it's all energy. I'm like, Oh, okay. And like, no, 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 it's all energy. I'm like, huh? Okay. Like, no, it's, it's all energy. It's all energy. Like, oh fuck. It's all energy. <laughs> energy. Oh shit. Okay. But wow. you don't know until you know. Then that means that, and I'm like, yeah, I'm like, holy shit. Are we energy? Really? Like, <laughs> so yeah, it gets fun. Uh, <laughs> those little, little, little insights that you can, can go yeah. a long way, right? Oh, forever. Um, they can go for a lifetime. Quantum physicists coming down here and neuroscientists. Uh, neuroscientists. We have doctors here. That's been really interesting. Oh, this guy that is a neuroscientist, he's operating on brains. And I'm thinking like how much differently and like right now we're just seeing the his first introduction right to the thought process that psilocybin opens one up to and so now six months down the road after he gets some time to reflect on this experience after diving into his own brain in this manner and then going and working on right. human brains like the connections and links uh who knows where this wonderful road is going to lead yeah we'll have to keep in touch with him for sure oh yeah oh yeah yeah well you know that's one of the other and you'll see this after you you know this is the first retreat shane's been here for what four or five retreats now uh, and he always comments on it we said a lot of a lot of michael guests come out to his shows yeah you know and and so like that illustrates the family uh, community that's building through this thing uh, and you and Steve are a part of it now I'm yeah. super happy for that um, and it's been really wonderful having both of you here I'm sorry to bring up like I, I, I'm I'm noticing I'm a man bringing up your male partner you know and I don't want to diminish from Rihanna what you the individual have brought and uh, I, I understand clearly now why Shane recommended that you come yeah, and uh, I'm so happy he did. And I just want to take the time to say thank you so much for doing this mm. because based on my past experiences, I didn't have anyone like you or Shane or anybody to like help walk me through this mm. and develop this community. Mm. And community is really what it is. It's yeah, That's what it boils down to. We need to have the community to say like, yes, I've experienced this. Come talk to me about this. Let's mm -hmm. build this vocabulary. Mm -hmm. Let's push for legalization. Mm -hmm. It all starts from something we were doing in our basement just to like rebel. Mm -hmm. And now mm -hmm. we're coming together and saying, no, this could be bigger. This could be better. And the way to do that is thank you so much for having us and for starting these retreats and for doing this podcast because you're yeah. letting people know that, no, this is normal. There are people mm -hmm. doing this. We're experiencing this. It's safe. Mm -hmm. It can be safe. Mm -hmm. It uh, can be helpful, therapeutic, and mm -hmm. I am just blown away and so happy to be a part of it. Sweet. Well, hopefully it won't be the last time you're down. Yes. Uh, so as we talk about, like, you know, there's this model and then there are other models developing. What's uh, Rihanna's model for psychedelic wellness in the future? Psychedelic wellness in the future. My model. I think... Hmm. I think that this looks like my psychedelic model in the future. <laughs> I think that people should be able to access this as easily as they access their 
Xanax and their Percocets. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. you should just be able to have the freedom to say, you know what, I want to go on this journey. I want to take this medicine. I want to help myself. And then you're obviously going to in turn help the people around you. Mm -hmm. So I would say my psychedelic model would that would be that we legalize and learn more about it and start using it in a therapeutic way. And then I think even from there, it can be used recreationally once once we know more about it, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. once we have a better understanding of it and we're taught actual drug information in school, mm-hmm. right? Instead of just saying, hey, you know what? If you take this psychedelic, you're probably going to die, right? <laughs> like if, if, if I actually got some information of saying, hey, this, this drug, psilocybin, if you take it, it can be scary and you can hallucinate, but it has all these benefits and mm-hmm. it can go this way and it can go that way. You can have a good trip or the, the supposed bad trip. I don't like using that term. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't think I've ever had a bad trip mm-hmm. and I've done psychedelics over a hundred times. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wouldn't say that I've ever had a bad trip. I've had hard trips. I've had mm-hmm. difficult trips, but coming out on the other side of them, I'm still just like, wow, mm-hmm. that was amazing. It was hard and I cried, but I worked through so much stuff. Right. So I think therapy and medicinal uses need to come first Mm -hmm, in mm -hmm. terms of legalization and we getting a better understanding of it but eventually i just think that hopefully we can pick them out of our backyard and have Mm -hmm. a day yeah you're damn right (laughs) you know i mean oh god the absurdity the absurdity um just i just think back like you know when i came off of probation I was on two years probation after being arrested for still seven. I came off probation and I, I was not allowed to drink alcohol while on probation, you know, sure. and I would go and like walk the streets, um, you know, the, the, the strip in Louisville where people would mainly go drink. Uh, and, uh, just like, what the fuck? Look at all this just debauchery. Mm-hmm. Like these people are hurting themselves, yep. you know, and it's okay. For them, to, it's not only right, okay, it's, it's totally encouraged, fine to do actually, that. by family and friends and society at large. So, as we talk about psychedelics becoming publicly accessible, I understand that all this emphasis is put on uh, contained therapeutic use. Uh, but psilocybin, in particular, is a great example of a psychedelic drug that, when used moderately uh, and intelligently, can be a great fucking time oh yeah and safe <laughs> so safe right and then you're you're connecting <sighs> with the people around you instead of just like numbing yourself oh, out oh my god imagine walking just like walking down and like if i i envisioned this when we were here recently at a boat party they had and uh, uh dan and i were on uh, uh some some lsd uh and it was i was just like Everybody's drunk around me again. I'm like, fuck, if everybody was on acid, this would be so much better. Much better. better. <laughs> <laughs> They're like starting to fight over like a boat. Right, race right. Like, and I think, I think that alcohol had a lot to play in my depression when I was oh, young. Of course. So when I was 21 to, or I guess 20 to 24, I worked in a bar in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Downtown Milwaukee, Wisconsin. I was a bartender and I lived a block away. So I was blackout drunk right, right. all the time mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. I could just walk yeah, home. Yeah, it's there, right? Yeah, and it's like you 
I think a lot of people experience the longing that I was talking about, the like not really knowing what the point is. Mm. And our the only legal drug, legal mm-hmm. drug we're mm-hmm. given is alcohol. It's mm-hmm. like, oh, don't like it? Numb yourself out. Yeah. And I don't think that that's the answer. I uh, think yeah. you need to open yourself up. Yeah. I think we've seen that over and over. So. Yeah. Well, it uh, seems like psilocybin has certainly opened you up. Oh, yes. Uh, and, and again, thank you for bringing that and, and sharing that with this group here. Uh, if you were to have this billboard that would hopefully open up more people okay. to the wonders of psilocybin, this is a favorite question of mine. I do love thinking about all these billboards because mm-hmm. like, again, alcohol, right. I grew up I, and I guess I can't really, I don't know if like it's still legal to have alcohol billboards. It's gotta be. Probably. Right. I feel like I've seen like Probably. Coors Light, like on yeah. the mountains. I think and- I've seen alcohol TV commercials recently. And I was like, are alcohol TV commercials still legal? Yep. They are. Oh, during the Super Bowl? Oh my God, that's all they do. That's all they do. It's like <laughs> Miller time. <laughs> wow. Let's, right. let's imagine a world where a television commercials for psilocybin exist. Yes. But anyway, before that, a billboard. Uh, what would Rihanna's billboard say? Sure. So hmm, now that we've had this discussion, I feel like my billboard, because billboards, they have to be short, right? I can't like mm-hmm. write an essay on a billboard. So I would have to say that Oh, it would be something like psilocybin experience yourself today or something like that or like experience everything today mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because that's what it is. It's it's waking up. It's experiencing something you've never experienced before that's only going to be beneficial for you mm-hmm. and everyone around mm-hmm. you. And they were usually avoiding, right? Right. Or usually just not aware and that again ramdas be here now that's mm-hmm. what it's it's really like so much like i think that's like as i'm as i'm working with guests and not dosing like that's entirely what it is is that i'm just if i can just be here now if i can just tap into now mm-hmm. then i can be there uh wow I was really convinced that psilocybin was a placebo the other day. I know that killed that was me. Fucked up. I was like, <laughs> but I liked how you like thought about it for a second. You were like, yeah, no, nah. It's nah. <laughs> <laughs> like well, I'm tripping my brains over here. Like, yeah. not on mushrooms. Yeah, but and- try telling like Leslie or Joan that it's like a placebo. Yeah, no, it's it's not, and that's like so. This is a it's an interesting little tail end of this thing because even like. Um, they say Ramdas is the one that says he took LSD to his uh, guru yep. or in the mountains and he took it or whatever. And he's like, yeah, whatever. This is yeah, it didn't do anything. Right. Um, and I have really been at contention with that. I've been really adamant. Like, I want to feed the Dalai Lama 20 grams of right. psilocybin and then I'll believe. Right. And now I'm starting, ironically, starting to believe um so it's similar to your path as well right Mm -hmm. uh though i've always kind of had this i've always had a a, a definite connection to the mystical but but it's always needed something to get me there yes it was growing up catholic it was like going to church would get me into the mystical state later and later psilocybin cannabis before psilocybin and now psilocybin uh, and now it's just being around tripping people. <laughs> right, exactly. I know that I know that it's not a separate place. I don't mean to make it sound like it's separate because I think that it is all around us, but mm-hmm. that just seems like the best vocabulary that I have right now mm-hmm, is mm-hmm. that psil- like 
psychedelics are a place that you go to. You like mm-hmm. adventure mm-hmm. into that. You choose mm-hmm. to adventure into this place. And I think that you need to know that it exists mm-hmm. in order to tap into it. Yes. So I think for a lot of our like first time uh, guests or participants that they're now realizing that that's something that they can go to. That's mm-hmm. a place that they can mm-hmm. go to either in their hearts mm-hmm. or in their minds where mm-hmm. they can now tap in. So to an extent, I think that it, for someone like you or me who's done psychedelics quite a bit, mm-hmm. that we can now tap in mm-hmm. without the medium, without right. taking the psilocybin or taking the psychedelic, we can still sort of go to that place. Mm-hmm. But I think for a lot of people, I would say the majority of the population of the whole world doesn't even know that this place exists. Mm-hmm. Therefore, how really are you going to tap into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. But I think that there are people out there who can. Mm-hmm. Oh, I yeah. think that there are very um sensitive people who mm-hmm. can tap into that world, but I think just in our society and the way we do things, you I almost think that you need the psychedelic for the like push, right. the like first push. Yeah. And then after a while, once you become accustomed to it and myself hoping through yoga and meditation that I can reach those higher states alone. Mhm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thank you, Rihanna. You've been a wonderful guest twice now on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but you'll only hear one. <laughs> and uh, once at the retreat, hopefully more times to come. Yeah, hopefully. All right. Thank Thanks. you so much. Thank you. Experience yourself today. Or experience everything today either one works i mean really is it all that different aren't we all a part of the whole after all doesn't the everything reside within us as well i mean not to get too heady but it seems like what we keep trying to show ourselves over time we're all one like ram das says god in drag ah as i sit here looking at the ocean and the sea grape trees and the kasha trees and the people and i realize that we are all one so anyway we're going to close out here with a clip from old ram das himself talking about you guessed it cosmic unity look this episode's for the hippies all right when shane was on it was robert spalski and while shane moss may not be a hippie his communications coordinator rihanna rihanna damn rihanna Rihanna, oh, I have such a hard time with the pronunciation of your beautiful name. Rihanna is definitely a hippie. (laughs) And I know she accepts this as a term of endearment. And it is meant to be. (laughs) When people used to call me a hippie, I did usually take issue with it. I felt like I was being stereotyped. I had dreadlocks. Everybody thought I must love the Grateful Dead and know where all the good weed was. Which, I do not love the Grateful Dead. Uh, I usually did have a good line on some high-quality cannabis, Uh, but back then I was identifying more with Rasta than anything, which, you know, there's a lot of crossover, but my locks and my political persuasion were more about revolutionary social change, Um, and, you know, I guess this is my negative perception of quote-unquote hippies, is that it's just about getting high and hanging out, you know, so, you know, we've all got (laughs) tweaks to be made. I did consider myself an activist, and in many ways, I still do. And maybe even more so than before, uh, just a bit more peacefully and a lot more subversively. I mean, I have nothing against hippies. It's just that, you know, the public perception around hippie culture 
doesn't do a lot in favor of psychedelics being taken seriously, maybe. I think that's fair to say. And that's why I cut off my locks, much to the chagrin of the dogmatic Rasta community, who took it as an abandonment of my cultural ethics. <laughs> oh, goodness, the irony of how we get hung up on outward appearances, even these uh, social organizations and groups that <laughs> strive to negate racism and uh, stereotyping. <laughs> We're funny. We are funny creatures, folks. And if cutting my hair means exposing more people to psilocybin, well, you tell me which one has more of an impact on society. I think the answer is clear. We obviously, we want this show and all of our work at Michael Meditations to be overall accessible to the masses. But, you know, we've got to have a little something for everybody. <laughs> and for the hippies and the mystics, here comes Ram Dass. Of course, quantum sciences is proving what the hippies and mystics have been saying for decades or millennia. Uh, many of these insights were learned through psychedelics. But, you know, one way or another, whoever proves it, science or mysticism, we're all in this together, friends. Like, for real, we're all in this together. As I sit here looking at the sea and the trees, and I realize that it is just one life. Um, the elements, the breath, it's a beautiful, beautiful mystery that we are swimming in here. Anyway, I will let Richard Alpert, also known as Ram Das, break it down for you a little more poetically. I really appreciate uh, his wild goose metaphor, metaphor, not chasing wild geese. You'll, you'll, you'll see. Um, I really appreciate the way Ram Das and so many other people can put the mystery into words much better than myself. So, listeners, thank you for joining Rihanna and myself on this episode of Psilocybin Chronicles. May all of your journeys, both inward and outward, be safe and rewarding. The wild geese do not intend to cast their reflections. The water has no mind to receive their image. If you knew who you are, and I know who I am. When you add all of us up, you come to the number one. If you and I were being who we truly are, there would only be one of us here. One awareness, one consciousness, all these bodies like fingers and toes, And from our oneness, from our niche in the wall where the candle flame never flickers when the wind blows, from this inner place where we all are eternally, we would watch the drama taking place at 77th Street and 3rd Avenue. We would watch he who speaks and they who listen. And as we looked into each of them, some of them would know that though they are speaking, they are not speaking, and though they are listening, they are not listening. And others wouldn't know that. And would see they're really busy listening. They think they are he who is listening. They really think they walked in here, 
sat down and they're listening. I am listening. I want to know. And from our place of one consciousness, we would feel great compassion. Great compassion. For I am the wild goose, and I have no intention to cast my reflection. There is speaking happening, and maybe it's hard for you to understand, or maybe there is a place in you that understands when I say, though I am speaking, I am not speaking. Though I am here, I am not here. Inside of me is going on a mantra. A mantra that reminds me who I really am, over and over again. And from this inner place where this mantra is going on, even as I speak to you, I'm just watching with great awe, wonder, the awesome drama of nature unfold before my very eye. Before my eye. Before that inner eye which sees all and knows all. The drama that is this drama. This drama.
world.